This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. Welcome to another new episode of the Stardom Cast, your monthly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom right here on the Podmania Pro Wrestling Network. I'm your host, Rob Gooden. I'm joined, as ever, by the Joshi Mark himself, Chris O'Brien. Chris, how is isolation treating you, buddy? It's bad. You, you, you need stressful. My brother's a dick and, and Garth's dying. So. <laughs> The world is quite literally falling apart. Um, I meant to tell you this earlier, actually. I went um, on a walk with my brother a couple of uh, a couple of days ago before the lockdown. People don't don't jump down my throat. before the lockdown. You're one of the types of people who caused this lockdown. I say that I did go on a date last week, but that doesn't matter. Um, and I looked at him, and obviously he lives on his own with two cats. Um, and I looked at him and just went, "Seriously, man, are you uh, you're going to be all right during the lockdown? I mean, uh, you're on your own." And- and shit and he just looked at me without one hesitation he looked at me and said rob i have been on my own most of my life i've been training for this my entire adult life i'm going to be giving out seminars on to how to self-isolate motherfuckers it's going to be amazing and walked off i was like that's yeah fair enough hero he he, he walked off he did i mean i mean he came back we were on a walk so <laughs> <laughs> We we didn't walk off and then spend the time, you know, a mile and a half apart. That's taking social distancing a bit far. Um, yeah, to be fair, though, what people are... So, it was the day before the lockdown. It was Mother's Day. And um, my sister texts me going, hey, did you get mum a Mother's Day present? And if I don't get her a Mother's Day present, it's kind of awkward because I live with her. So... <laughs> How did I so forget she... again? So she was like, look, because of corona because she has a kid and all that she can't be traveling all over the place so she's like i'll go half it and we can get her like a nice little a nice little mother's package here we go we were gonna get her some gin some tonic some nice tonic because you know it's mother's day and some like wee chocolates and stuff people are fucking people are fucking hoarding the tonic <laughs> there was no tonic water in asda <laughs> Who the fuck thinks, oh Christ, I might not be able to go outside for a while. You know what? I'm going to buy all the tonic. <laughs> the gin was well, fine, but it's just was, the tonic. There's so much gin. That's the thing. There's so much gin. Like, there was a comical <laughs> amount of gin, considering there was no tonic. You just imagine people at the tonic factory just going, do you, need, do you think we need to buy it? Nah, there's fucking loads of it. The gin will run out before the tonic. Oh, how wrong. How wrong they are. It's like a litre of gin compared to like 500... We can only find a like one 500ml bottle of tonic. But that was all that mattered and that's all that was important for your mum. You got it for her and that's the most important thing. Yeah, to be fair, that's the only thing this house is stockpiling is alcohol. So. <laughs> I thought you meant tonic water. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're the problem. 
Anyway, there's been a lot going on recently, obviously, in the entire world of wrestling. And um, this has sort of come to light with Stardom announcing that, you know, finally, after, you know, over a month of not doing any shows and, you know, then doing a show with no... uh, with obviously no crowd, which we'll get into in a moment. Uh, it was announced that they'd carry on with the Cinderella tournament. Um, and in the same day, I believe, or around that time, New Japan announced that they would be cancelling all shows up to and including Sakura Genesis 2020, which was due to emanate from Sumo Hall, and the first show of the Road to Dontaku show. Now, obviously bearing in mind that All Japan... Uh, aired a show on Monday, their uh, Dream Power series show, with headlined by Suwama and uh, Kento. Why do you think, Chris, New Japan are con- continually, you know, continuously cancelling shows? The reason I ask, I understand that companies like um, Big Japan have been running this entire time uh, with DDT, limited yeah. audience, DDT. DDT came back. Um, and obviously start them about now. And I know that some companies, like All Japan, for example, um, need to come back to get the money to stay afloat. Um, and smaller companies are under a lot of pressure to do that. The thing that... And obviously, New Japan being the biggest company in Japan don't need to do that. You know, they're, they're fine financially. I think you said before, Chris, that the amount of money they pulled in from Wrestle Kingdom alone will tide them over for this year. Um... The reason I'm asking is obviously stardom have seen it prudent, should I say, to start wrestling again and actually having people in. But they are owned by Bushi Road. And mm. obviously Bushi Road is the company that owns both Stardom and New Japan. So why bring Stardom back yet keep cancelling New Japan dates? Is it just a case of, you know, Ultimately, these shows are from, you know, Corican and they're a maximum, what, 1,600-seat venue, whereas Sumo Hall is, you know, it tops out at, a, I think, about 11,000. Is it a case of that? Or why do you think, Chris? I think it is that. I think it's just a case of that they do run much bigger shows. Where You look at this show, like, Corican Hall was more than half empty. There's only 500 people there. Which is worth mentioning. Mentioning is a much smaller cap than what um, All Japan put on for the show the day before. Like All Japan drew about twelve hundred people to Sumo Hall. To Sumo, yeah, not to Sumo, to Corican. Oh, okay. Um, the day before, so like they're letting a lot less people. Like honestly, in terms of like money, I could see Stardom being fine to be honest. Because like, I think I'm, I think I'm right in saying I'm probably wrong that a lot of their money comes from like merch sales and meet and greets. I imagine that is a massive part of their gross income. Yeah, sure. I so I'm like I really don't know. Like I could, it's a weird one. Like it came out today that I think um, the Jap- apparently the Japanese government was sort of hiding Corona numbers to try and keep the Olympics. When your company because... is basing, I mean, what would be an enormous windfall in the summer? You've got hundreds of thousands of people, maybe even millions of people descending on the capital come August to watch this incredible thing. And, you know, it's going to bring in huge, huge tourism numbers. Your economy is going to soar. You don't want to lose that 
you know, if you can help I guess, it. But like, it is super, super unethical to go. Nah, we like it's very suspicious that numbers started spiking three days after after three days of no new cases. Yeah, and I think potentially with the Olympics now officially being postponed uh, until twenty twenty one, I think we'll probably see a few more numbers coming out of Japan. Um, from what I've heard, and again, this could be you know the numbers not being completely accurate or, you know, read into that what you will. I think we will see a couple more cases coming out of Japan now um, because ultimately now they, they don't have much left to lose, you know, whereas before, if they announced that they were spiking out and they were having, you know, hundreds of deaths a day, then the Olympics would have been cancelled months and months and months ago, which, to be perfectly honest, I think it should have been, but that's my own personal it, opinion. It's super, we- it's super weird to me how, like, slowly things have moved in some ways, like, um, you saw, yeah. like you did see because, like, when you look at Stardom and like as, as soon, like back in um, end of February, they were like, "No, no, no shows this month. We're not doing it." And was, New Japan sort of held off and held off and held off until the last possible second. Yeah, and then obviously we're in a complete we're in a completely different scenario now, where Stardom have said, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start putting on shows again, and we're gonna have people there." Um, albeit with masks and everything and, you know, heightened um, sanitation and things like that, you know, encouraging people to wash their hands, you know, all that all that stuff we've heard so much about. And New Japan are reticent to bring any new shows out at all, even though it does mean that we have got some classic content with English commentary on New Japan World, which I do urge everyone to check out. I think part of it is also like, a new, like well, Stardom do... Tour, they're mostly basically just Osaka, Korokin, and Shimbaba. Where, yeah. Whereas, like, New Japan's all over the shop. So, no, I agree. I agree. They're not as big a company. They're not, you know, drawing as many people, are they? So, potentially, the risk is lessened, like, I suppose. Like, I guess if they put, like, I, I mean, no stardom to be able to draw much, much more than 500 people to a Korokin show. Especially yeah. when, it, when compared to, like, an All Japan show. So, like, in reality, I think it's they're putting on. They're basically trying to just gonna put um, a, a small amount of people in a big room. Mm. Yeah, no, I get that. It's you know, I mean, the numbers that you're talking about. Obviously, there was 1,200 at the All Japan Show on Monday, and the official attendance uh, listed for the Cinderella tournament from um, the 24th was 538. And you know, just to watch this show, you know, only the front rows. You know, I think I think I counted the front five rows um, on the opposite side from the hard cam. Um, you've got the first five rows, and then literally no one. And that's the same on yeah, all four it, sides. So yeah, when you're looking on four sides, there are people, but they're really scared. Yeah, and you still, it, it, it still concerns me that you know, yes, they were all, most of them were wearing masks, and you know, you can assume that hand washing was taking place and things like that, but they they were still very very close to one another and that's still something that it's still something that worries me um i mean there's been stories of countries trying to you know gradually bring life back to normal again and have done it too quickly and then have had to re-bring in all these measures and i just i don't want that to happen anywhere but i don't want it to happen in japan a country where you know i enjoy i enjoy their wrestling and their (laughs) entertainment output yeah yeah coronavirus we want to watch fucking wrestling if you fuck up the g1 i'm gonna kill you 
I don't think you understand how upset I am at the loss of the New Japan Cup coronavirus, you bastard. Yeah, I gave I gave Robert Matt, he was really high on him, and he shut up for, for the rest of a year. <laughs> Seriously, it was so weird, like, the drop-off in how much you love Naito versus Ibushi, and then, like, it just stopped. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree. Anyway, um, enough New Japan news. This, of course, is a stardom podcast. Let's get on to some stardom. Um, the last time we spoke to you, um, we were just on the cusp of the Stardom The Way to Major League show, which was their show from Corican on the 8th of February. Um, and again, just to give you some indication of the numbers, that drew 1,519, uh, 1, so almost 1,000 more than the Cinderella tournament. I think that's more an indication of, you know, what life is like there than Stardom's drawing power, which I'm sure everyone knows anyway. Um, but Chris, um, the 8th of February show, um, just to quickly go through some of the bigger matches. Um, the, that was where Donna Del Mondo, the team of Julian, Micah and Siori, won the Artist of Stardom titles from the Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Momo and Utami. It was also the Wonder of Stardom title match between Arissa and B Priestley. And then, of course, the singles match versus Iroa and Mayu Iwatami. Do you want to talk very briefly about that show, the things you liked, and basically just give us a little bit of a rundown? Um, yeah, it was a bit of a weird one, actually, because it's the one where they were showing off the um, Fire Pro DLC. Yes, of course. So um, so they showed all the, mod- um, all the little sprites for everyone, and then everyone came out, and the sprites were already out of date. <laughs> <laughs> like, even small, like someone like um, Saya Ida, who wears, like, very um, basic green attire, even that had changed from the sprite. <laughs> You can just imagine the people behind Fire Approach going, for fuck's sake. Um, and like, um, B. Priestley, of course, is wearing a very, very different attire nowadays. But anyway, I'm just going through like the four main matches. Um, there is a what number one contenders match for the artist title, which doesn't normally, but it isn't normally number one contender chip matches, is there? It's normally just, I want it. Okay, come get it, bitch. Um, Oedatai beating TCS, which is a weird one. Because, like, Oedetai is in a weird place where, like, the Gaijins are the most compelling part of them. Like, I mean, look at their leader. <laughs> well, I mean, we had a conversation um, not so long ago, Chris, where I was convinced that the leader was Natsu Samir. <laughs> Absolutely convinced. I was, I was looking at them going, what? <laughs> it's obviously Tora. No, it's not. It's Samir. I know it's Samir. And you were just like, no, it's, it's Natsu Katoro. <laughs> it's, I'm sorry, but, like, everyone in, in there, why would you... I think Saki is more um, claiming. She's the Dolph Ziggler of starter. She made a very dull match even duller, but we'll get into that in a moment. We will, we will get into that. Um, it was fine. Like Honestly, what a type going over TCS was weird, mostly because TCS and Donna Domondo are feuding, but like, I think that was meant to like make the finals of Cinderella make more sense because as it stands it didn't make a ton of sense but we'll get to that um then there was Donna Demodo beating of Julia, Micah and Siri beating um the Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Momo and Utami which was fun like I think there was one bit where like Siri and Momo just kept did like the Ishii um Shibata thing where we kept sitting down and telling each other to hit each other <laughs> it was great like Momo just sort of like planted like i'm trying to think of a you know like when a kid is really angry walks in and just goes ah it was like that <laughs> it's like ah kick me <laughs> it... 
So that was fun. Um, Arisa versus B was better than I expected, given how like we don't normally mix. There's this really cool bit where Arisa went for the Oscutter, because you know how she's been doing that to annoy B Priestley? Yes. Yeah. So B jumped up, um, jumped up and did like a springboard German Z-Flex. I've seen that gift, and I know that B also, they did a similar spot in the recent... Um... Osprey B match. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it was a fun match. Um, seven, like on the cusp of an AL 10, but like unfortunately, like, B Priestley is great at the moves, but not much else. Um, she she's really good at dropping mayo in her head. Um, <laughs> and then we have um, Takumi. Her I can't say her name properly. I've actually never heard it said out loud, like as a in like in the <laughs> way we say it. <laughs> like because of course, like um, the Japanese announcers go um, Ihoa Takumi. Or, Whatever, but like this, way I've never actually heard it said out loud. I just realised that. Um, taking on Mayo Watani and oh my god, oh my god, Rob, I can't believe you haven't watched this fucking match yet. Now you have very, very much wax lyrical about how good this match is, and we spoke briefly before we came on. And this might be your favourite Joshi match ever. Am I right in thinking? Yeah, like the only thing possibly being it is Arisa and Jungle. But, like, they're very different matches. Rita and Jungle were sort of, like... Actually, we're not about it. Because the thing is, though, cause basically, you know how every time we see like, a big man versus small man match build, we think, oh, that's going to be great, and then the big man doesn't pull his weight? Yes. It was like that, but the big man pulled his weight. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, it when was... that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when everyone in the match tries. Um... <laughs> Well, no, seriously, like, Mayu couldn't, like, Mayu was on the back, um, I, I, I watched this match, um, last, like, a month ago, so, like, <laughs> the fact that I can remember all I should say, oh, you need, you need to know, but, like, um, early on, Mayu got her thrown, like, lawn darted into, like, the ring post, not, like, not from the outside, so not into the buckle, like, literally just into the post, because she has no sense of, she might die one day, um, and then, like, Aurora was just beating her, and then, like, Mayu is probably one of the best ever, uh, like, in stardom. Well, probably the best in stardom on, like, hope spots. Like, she kept, like, using Ihara's, um... The amount of different pronunciation, Jesus. But kept using <laughs> um, her momentum against her um, to get, try and get quick wins. And there's this bit, and you've seen this, because I sent it to the group chat. But whereas, like, I was doing, like, fucking Power Ranger kicks. Yeah, I have seen this. I have <laughs> seen this. And then Mayu just ducks from all and hits a German suplex and like the whole time I was watching this like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god like I was like the fucking um Osprey Takahashi bit in their match where I was just there going oh my god what the fuck did I just watch <laughs> and then like some absolutely devastating power bombs like you have no seriously ouch I, I wanted to cry <laughs> And then Aurora beat her with a running um, three, which is like a, ra- a running Raiders edge. And oh my god! And then <laughs> uh, so afterwards, um, testing up um, the next show, we'll, we're going to talk about. Um, her, um, Mayo was like, "Hey, Takumi, we we should fight again," because that's just what Mayo is. Apparently, she's a sucker for pain. She is um, an absolute perf- sucker. Um, the perfect girl for Rob. Um, <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> um, uh, and then, like, Saki came out. And oh, she was yes. like, I want to fight you. She was like, I have no interest in fighting you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and from this Cinderella show, there's 
every reason why she's got no interest. You didn't see the you didn't see the title match. Well, let's let's get into that now. Obviously, a month later, then exactly a month later, um, they'd Stardom had cancelled all of their shows, but obviously with Karakuen basically being their big show every month, they didn't feel like they could cancel it. So instead, they put on a show with uh, no people, which we've become very accustomed to with WWE and AEW doing the same, uh, called Stardom No People Gate on the 8th of March. Um, they aired it live for free on YouTube. It is, of course, now available on um, Stardom World, I think. It's obviously it's still st- available on YouTube. It's on Stardom World and it's still on YouTube. I think on Stardom World they have like the individual matches with the, um, with the promos. Yeah, with I the English-style promos. I, I have no interest in re-watching anything on the show, so I haven't looked. <laughs> well, this is where I was going to ask... Uh, your opinion. Obviously, I, I didn't have time to watch it. I was still at work at this point. Uh, one title match, which was the Goddesses of Stardom title match with the Iwido Tai team of B and Jamie uh, defeating Queen's Quest, Momo and Utami in 13.45. But otherwise, you know, what, five matches, a fairly sparse card, Chris? Anything you can shed light on? All right, so first of all, the Battle Royal was one of those matches where it can be given between anything and a three and a six, and I'd probably agree with them. <laughs> it depends how much you care about structure in your wrestling. Um, so um, the one notable, well, the two notable things. One, Natsuki Murray definitely fancies Trishan Thunderliger. Who doesn't? And, <laughs> I mean, like, ouch. But um, Daffy Amasan was fun, but also weird, because their gimmick is mostly about playing to the crowd. There's a couple of surprise entrances, but I know nothing about any of them. Layla Hirsch is apparently still in the country. I had no clue. And um, Saya Ida pulled a, man- pulled a Mick Foley in the 1998 Rumble because she came out as three different competitors. Amazing. Amazing. She was Saya Ida and then became Captain Stardom. And then Super Strong <laughs> Starlight Machine. Yeah. <laughs> and she just came out. And I, was, I was like, like, I was like... This weirdly Sayaida shaped person is dressed up a super strong machine. Am I watching a DDT show? What's going on? Um, she had so a fairly busy is... night, Sayaida, because wasn't she in the next sing- like the singles match yeah, after basi- this? Basically, um, because Arisa was um, injured. Um, <laughs> Nazi Tora, they need they need to make, make Tora continue to look strong because she's the leader of Oedetai. And so she came out and was like, "We're fighting." They thought it was, it was a match. Um, like Saida was in no place to have a in any way a competitive match because she just went through a twenty-four minute battle royal, which she was in three times. So, <laughs> um, so that was fine. TCS took on of Hannah and Jungle took on Donna Del Mondo, Julia, and Micah. It, 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 Hannah and Julia still want to hate fuck each other, so the universe still goes on. Um, and Kiona continues to just be the enemy of anyone with a head. Um, the Oedetai versus Queen's Quest match was actually really good. I gave it an 8, but like on my ratings this month, I keep thinking, um, is this actually as good as I think, or have I just been really wrestling stuff this month? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm watching all this going, oh my god, but this is the best thing in my life I've ever seen in my life. It's like, wait, no, it's not. <laughs> so, like, like, I gave it an 8. If I ever rewatch it, it would probably like, go down. But it was fun. Um, Jamie Hayter continues to just kill people. Momo actually killed several people at several points in this match. Um, like 
she hit the dude buster, which, by the way, I really need to look up what that movie's actually called in Stardom, because I'm pretty sure people are going to get annoyed if they keep calling it the dude buster. It's called the bee driver. Okay. That's even worse. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to keep calling it the dude buster. Um, <laughs> I'm making a point. She, she did it on the apron, which, is, which, of course, was insane. And then B1 with the Queen's Landing. I, I, again, I'm always tempted to call it the Ocean Tycoon Suplex because seriously, Joshi fans get weirdly annoyed when you call it the Queen's Landing. <laughs> Genuinely, though, Queen's Landing, far better name. It is a far better name. Like It's sort of like how um, the Emerald Flosion was called the Tiger Driver. I'm like, well, the Emerald Flosion is just a cool name because what the fuck is a Flosion? Um, Tiger Driver's kind of a more succinct... Not Tiger... Um, Island Driver's a more succinct name. Anyway, um... Then we had Mayu versus Saki, which was full of a weather type bullshit. Um, this is apparently a lumberjack match, which I did not know going in. Um, this is why I missed the promos. And yeah, like the handle of this match was Mayu jumping off of like the, you know, like the hall bit in Corican Hall. She just has no sense of self safety, does she? She just. To be fair, there was like a lot of people to catch her, but yeah. <laughs> and she weighs about 13 pounds. Fair oh, enough. No. Yeah, like she weighs as much as a chihuahua you'd put in your bag. Yeah. But um, she's not as small as Rio, though. Uh, no, true. <laughs> like, um, I've had meals smaller, um, bigger than Rio. But <laughs> <laughs> the, the one thing with um, Mayu is that that's one of the worst things she's done off of that, um, off of that, because she gets who's hunger from that. <laughs> Several times. Yes, and then once she just let it go and she just dropped. I was like, Jesus Christ! Doing the rounds on social media at the moment is a GIF compilation of all the times that Awida Tai have tried to destroy Mayu. And the worst one by far, like, the the spots where she's hung from the balcony look horrible, but the worst one by far is where they push that, uh, what's it onto her? Where they push that, um, like, metal, uh, it's like a entranceway onto Mayu, and she gets her head trapped between that and the guardrail. Oh, fuck, I have seen that, Jesus Christ. And you're like, I'm sure it was worked, but then the more you watch it, you're like, but how was it worked? How? Um, and this, uh, we just need to put this out there. Kigetsu's Oedotai hit a lot different than <laughs> Natsu's um, Oedotai. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, so, yeah, all this sort of... It, everything was up in the air for a while, and then Stardom announced that, right, we are going to do our Cinderella tournament, and we're going to air the first round for free on YouTube. And everyone was like, oh, finally, wrestling is back. So a little bit of backstory behind the Cinderella tournament. I'm sure Chris will correct me if I go wrong. But the Cinderella tournament is a 16-woman single elimination tournament. Basically, it's a New Japan Cup, but it all happens in one night. Every match has a 10-minute limit apart from the final and you can win via pinfall, submission, or, which I didn't find out till partway through the fucking tournament, uh, over-the-top <laughs> over rope elimination. Um, so it's, it is a slog. I think it would be more of a slog if, you know, the matches went any longer. Luckily, you've got matches that lasted two minutes, five minutes, and, you know, so on and so forth. Um, the brackets then, Chris... Going into this, you had uh, Momo Watanabe versus Starlight Kid, uh, Julia versus Jungle Kiona, Konami versus Azumi, 
uh, Siori versus Jamie Hayter, Saki Kashima versus Tam Nakano, Seiya Kamitani versus Natsuka Tora, who apparently is the leader of Oedetai, um, <laughs> Yutami Hayashishita versus Micah, and uh, sort of billed as the main event of the first round was Mei Watani versus Hana Kimura. Going into this, Chris, before we sort of dissect some of the matches, um, what matches really stood out to you as ones that were like, hmm, interesting? Um, Momo and Starlight and Julia versus Kiana just thought, ooh, we could get a Momo jungle rematch. <laughs> um, I thought Tam versus Saki would, had the most to talk about storyline-wise, because, of course, did you know that Saki was once in Stars? I did, um, yes. <laughs> I, was, I, was being I think it might um, have been mentioned. <laughs> just a couple of times. Did you also know that Mayu has no interest in fighting Saki? Again, um, might have been mentioned. And um, Hanakamura versus Mayu. By the way, this this match caused an argument, not because, believe it or not, because, not because of Hannah versus Mayu, but because she, I was like, yeah, Mayu should be thrown out the first round, and then Rob wanted to kill me. <laughs> yes, we were coming up with our own dream scenarios in which Mayu versus Arisa was the final. Um, to be fair, to be fair, like I was, I got, I just looked at like the hyperbolic language we were using to like put forward how much our fate got our favorites were. And I was like, we're not like this with any other wrestling. <laughs> like with New Japan, we'll have a very spirited debate over um, who's better between um, like Okada and Naito or something. But then, oh, it, it, like it's like everyone in this um, is Tai Chi. I mean, speaking from per- speaking personally, I mean, I just I get more invested in characters in stardom than I do in storylines because the storylines are very basic you know they, they are very basic they basically come up with a match and then build the storyline on the um rotis exactly so yeah i mean i i think may was great and she was the first person that i saw from stardom on that godforsaken in that godforsaken <laughs> match against kelly klein at madison square garden but hey ho never mind um so yeah, let's dive straight in then. 24th of the 3rd, 2020, the Cinderella Tournament. I didn't mention uh, that the winner of the tournament uh, gets a lovely dress and a trophy and a, and a wish. wish. Um, the wish is usually, I want a title match. I, I, think it's, I don't think it's ever not been a title match. I think we could, I mean, one year we need to get crazy with it. Like, Kiona wins and brings Jan back. <laughs> or like um, Sumire wins and gets a night with Jushin Liger. Well, that sort of leads Segway. us into that first match. That's amazing. I do just, but I am going to spoil the segue slightly. Um, just because before the show officially started, they had a pre-tournament photo. And during this pre-tournament photo, Hannah Kimura was eating a banana and <laughs> she gave the skin to Mayu, to Mayu. just as they <laughs> took like, the photo. Oh, and Mayu... going to be so mad. Bless her. Just looked so confused as to what was going on. And rather than just putting it down, then posed for this official pre-tournament photo with the fucking banana dangling from her hands. And you could just see Hannah Kimura wetting herself. I thought that was really funny. Um, we then moved yeah, into... Like, um, I ended up... Go on. Very quickly, they were live-streaming the, um, the press conference. I caught a tiny bit of it because I was like, I wonder, if they, I wonder if they have like a translator seeing how this is being live-streamed. They didn't. Of course they didn't. But um, we did, at some point Hannah just got up on the table, table, and May just followed her. Bless her, because she was like, um, "Okay," <laughs> and just got up the table. 
That's the thing. May always looks super confused about everything that's going on around her. It just ma- it just makes you want her to win because she's just so like she looks so lost in so many situations. It's great. Um. So we started then with a dark four-way match with Natsu Sumiya defeating Hina, Itsuki Hashino, and Rina in five minutes and six seconds. Um, this was literally only noteworthy for Natsu attempting to seduce Jusen Liger, who was on commentary. Um, I I literally have nothing else to say about this match, Chris. I gave it four. <laughs> Natsu Sumiya being a pe- sex pest in a, in a match with two underages. <laughs> Actually, maybe three. How old is, is he? One of the ones that are like deceptively. Yeah, it, she's. It, um, I can't say her name for someone. Itsuki. She's one of those people who are who look fourteen, but are in their twenties. I was just going to say, didn't we look this up on the first episode? Yeah, of we did. There was like um, Hashino, Saida, and Tall Saya, um, Kashima, which is her actual name, <laughs> and um, they all. Um, they were all like 22, 23, and I'm like, how? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand this. What is going on? It's like a fucking a child, like a literal child walked into me and going, hello, um, give me the beer. I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, I'm 25. I'm like, no, you're not. Get out. <laughs> um, so first official match of the first round, uh, Momo Watanabe defeating Starlight Kid in four minutes and 54 seconds. Um this was I genuinely... I, real quickly, I have something to say about this match. Um, the combined age of this match, so Momo's 20, Starlight's 18, is younger than the current WWE Universal Champion. That's just... That's mental. Um, it's the best Starlight Kid match I've seen. It was wrestled at a really, really high, really high speed. Um, Starlight continually tried to do all these flippy, fast-paced moves, and Momo just was having absolutely fucking none of it she just kicked the shit out of starlight kid that kick that set up the b driver for the win genuinely i can still feel that now it was for water chops of kicks um that, that's what i kind of liked about this like starlight was wrestling in the side of like the high speed division so she's going for like these quick roll-ups these um the fluke win with a drop kick over the, um over the top rope like that sets up just the story of what this tournament could be absolutely perfectly. Like, it's a perfect way to open it. And again, like, just Starlight tries to get quick wins. Mum was like, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill this child. <laughs> <laughs> you want to win? I'm going to kick you in the head instead. <laughs> it's like, it's like whenever I want to do, I want like the good bed when we're um, at Blackpool and Gasper. Can I have it? No. <laughs> um. Yeah, I enjoyed this match, and again, for me, uh, one of the MVPs of this night was Momo Watanabe. I thought she had a really good tournament, even though she only wrestled two matches. Spoiler alert! Um, I will just say at this at this point that we'll be giving our ratings for these matches, but the chances of any of them touching anyone's end-of-year list, very, very, it's, very that's, slim. That's worth mentioning. 10-minute like, time limit, you can't do a turn, so it does become all about how you pace in that. For example, this match was paced to go five minutes, so therefore it's a highly, really high, highly rated five-minute match. But also, like, if you're trying to like 
build the story of like a 30 minute match in a five minute match that's not going to work so it's not so much about what's in the match more about pacing becomes a lot lot more important in situations like this like it's somewhat mitigated in something like the um in the five star because that's a 15 15 minute time limit and like normal star the main events only go about three minutes more than that but like here it is definitely about get your shit in and die yeah exactly um i gave this seven i thought it was a really enjoyable match I get a seven as well. Oh, so, babe! Especially the, like, especially basically the leeches shit at the beginning. Yeah, I did think I was really good. I did think I was really good. Did you, by the way, Rob, did your girlfriend ever question it when you go, "Oh, babe"? No, no, she knows that I'm talking. I answer the phone to everyone as "Hey, babe," apart from my boss, obviously, because that'd be weird. It was the most awkward thing in my. So, like, I was walking, like, I was kind of friends with this guy in college a couple of years ago, right? Um, I was just what um, we were gonna go on a night after class. It was a Thursday, and we got off on a Thursday, so we um, go on a bus in town. Just up answered the phone. Like he's a he's a white guy who sounds more English than me, and was like, "What's up, Matt?" And he said the N word. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Long story short, Chris is no longer associated with that person. No, I mean I still went on the ninth, ninth hour, but like I, I I needed to get drunk, and he was <laughs> buying, and he was buying. So. But now, social distancing. <laughs> we move on to the second match then of the first round with Julia defeating Jungle Kiona in 8 minutes ah. and 23 seconds. Before Chris kicks off about the lack of appreciation for Jungle Kiona in this match, um, obviously there is history between uh, these two with Julia's history of, with uh, Tokyo Cyber Squad and Hannah Kimura in particular. I thought Jungle made Julia look a lot better than she was. And that became apparent as the tournament progressed. Um, there was a horrible moment when Jungle nearly dropped Julia on her head with a spinning scoop slam, but then made that completely irrelevant by literally taking her head off with the most beautiful sliding lariat I think I've ever seen in my oh, life. Um, there, was a, there was a moment where I popped when uh, I thought she was going to hit Julia with the Jungle Buster. Um, I was like, oh my god, for a start it's called the Jungle Buster, which is a, it's a muscle buster, uh, for those who don't know. Um, oh, it's not a muscle, because they sort of, they don't do a bump, she got, she like, jumps down, and like, onto her ass, and like, just, it's more like a backpack stunner, but not that, like, it's it's meant, meant it's a move that's been banned in WWE, because it has an unbelievable chance of going wrong if we don't tuck your neck properly. To be honest, you look at it and you think, yeah, it's banned for a good reason, that. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, though, and again, Jungle did dominate the ver- the majority of this match. Oh, but there's this great moment where she hit a power bomb and then got her back up and it looked like she was going to do the Jungle Bomb, but then just fell back and hit her into the turnbuckle. Yeah, it was good. It was ace. Um, but Julia, two-move Julia, um, eventually strapped <laughs> in the Stealth Viper to win. Chris? Oh, so quickly, was it? There's Go. one good moment with you. There's one good. There's one good thing that Julia did, and I was like tied Jungle's hair behind her and started hitting with forearms. Yes, and she she tried to do that later in the tournament, but it just it didn't work. And again, we'll get into that. Yeah, as a highlight at the start of the match, it it did become glaringly apparent that Julia was having a good match because Jungle is great, as opposed to it's Julia me. being able to carry the match. Well, his, well, that's the thing, like, Julia has two of the highest rated matches in this tournament for me, but when you look against who she was against, that makes sense. Like, we'll get into that in a second, but as soon as she was against 
talent lesser than the upper echelon of stardom. She didn't do go too well. By the way, very quickly, Julia fans are very, very passionate and very fucking annoying. That's fine. Um, I know that Julia is obviously very, very highly regarded by stardom. She is yet to be pinned and yet to be submitted. She was from um, Ice Ribbon before. She was from Ice Ribbon. I personally um, don't get the hype about her. I personally don't like her as well, a competitor. I've not seen her as a um, in Ice Ribbon, but quite frankly, I shouldn't have to. Be good in stardom if you're going to be in stardom. Like, um, for, like the way I put it, could, uh, I was talking to a Julia fan on this page, I mean, and he was like, well, go watch her Ice Ribbon stuff or whatever. And I was like, David Tennant, I love him in Doctor Who. It does not mean I will follow him to Broadchurch. <laughs> or like, for, in wrestling terms, Kushida left New Japan and went to NXT. I don't like Kushida in NXT because he isn't very good there. That that saddens me greatly. I'm not going to lie. It does sadden me greatly because he's basically a job to the stars. Like, well, if Adam Cole needs a good match for throwing with Kushida. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, this match was really good. And that's because Jungle is incapable of having bad matches. And if you're not going to have a good match, she's going to kill you. Um, Jungle lost, though. Life isn't worth living. I don't like Julia. I, I, I have a big rant about Julia set up for the finale, so I'm not going <laughs> to blow my wad just yet, because this was a good match, and it deserves praising. I gave it this an out of 10, Rob, if that gives you any, any indication. Uh, yeah, I gave it a high 7, so 8's fine for me. Well, um... it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely a low 8, but it's still an 8, and I think if I, the reason when 8... Because with um, Arisa out for a while in Stardom, partly because we don't know when the next show is going to be, and partly because she's injured, um, we don't know when Arisa's going to come back. So Jungle is now my favourite. Um, <laughs> de facto favourite. Yeah, no, she's... That's <laughs> the thing, Jungle is always de facto. So... But yeah, no, Jungle's my favourite currently in Stardom, so like, of course I'm going to pop. But the fact that she didn't win... <sighs> She she sold really well for Julia. She did. Like I said, this match was good. Um, uh, I think because it was well, jungle led. Yeah, we'll we'll get into later Julia matches. And something I will say because it might seem like I'm ragging on Julia a lot, and I am. Um, <laughs> she, her what? Well, one of her finishes. Oh my god! I, I'm sorry. I just um, clicked on um, her cage match profile. She's rated so highly on cage match. Julia is. Yeah, eight point two three. Maybe we're just missing something, Chris. Um, most people have most a majority of people have given a ten out of ten. I um, don't know what to say to that. Oh, you know, actually, you know what? Everyone who's watched who here we go. Everyone jump on the bandwagon now. There's a reason Julia is being positioned as a top player in Stardom, while only being twelve matches in. Don't be shocked if she's World of, Cha- World of Stardom champion before December 2021. I mean, that's quite a long way away. I well, mean, like, I'd, I'd be very I'd, surprised I'd, if she wasn't. I'd be very surprised if someone didn't if someone didn't realize how shit she was before then and dropped her. <laughs> well, I will say this: like I say, I thought her uh, stealth viper, her submission, is a very, a very good submission. I will give her that. It looks, she's it looks painful. At that, um... Emerald Flosion type thing she does. But my main problem with Julia, like, I'm fine with like a lumbering big, big. I mean, like she positioned while well, she'd basically be like a Lance Archer type figure or something. Of which, like Lance Archer winning the New Japan Cup, I wouldn't normally complain. But they very much gave her a Roman Reigns push here, and I don't get it. And also, I hate her character. 
Stupid question. She seems longer than she did before. She seems to have grown and got lankier. <laughs> she evolved. <laughs> <laughs> Julia has evolved into Julianne. <laughs> but, like, um... She, she has a very different look from everyone else in Stardom. But, like, also, like... Seriously, her cat... The word, are the words... She is a Pokemon, because the words she says is, um, you, all, love, and Julia, in that order. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's move on She's from Julia really because interesting member of Donna Del Mondo. I know, I know, and you have got a massive rant. So let's move on from Julia before we get stuck in a, a loop on this match. Was um, an a time loop and be more than an idiot. <laughs> moving on then to match four, which uh, was another Cinderella tournament first round match with Konami defeating Azumi in two minutes and thirty six seconds. Not a lot to say about this match. It was two minutes and thirty six seconds. Um, hey, what the- this is one of the best matches sub three minutes I've ever seen. I, do you know what? I was going to say that exactly. The pace was ridiculous. The dueling arm bars and speedy reversals was great. Um, really, really high paced, as you know you would expect for sub three minutes. Um, I gave it six because I didn't feel like I could give it seven with it not going three minutes. Uh, I, I can kind of see that, but. I kind of adjusted it because, like, Azumi singles matches very rarely go that long. <sighs> All right, let's give it seven because there are some there are some undeniably lower matches um, later on in the match. And just before I go on to one of those aforementioned matches, Chris, have you got anything to say about the Konami Azumi match? It was really good. I sort of liked um, how just Azumi was like, "All right, I'm going to try and kill you," and then Konami was just like killing her with one kick. I do like that story with the high-speed guys versus the um, regular like heavyweight scene. Um, I it sort of helped Konami's main problem was if she's on um, screen for more than like ten minutes, I am probably really fucking bored. She's very much a one-trick pony in a strikes. She, I think with um her like the best comparison within like if we were to compare it to like New Japan is like Sonata, where like she everything she does she does really well, but she has a like well, more like like twenty seventeen like pre Okada feuds, Sonata where like she does everything really well, but she's so hard to like sort of grasp onto, and like in someone like Stardom, which is very much a like you look at everyone's favorite favorites in Stardom, it's like um, Hannah, Mayu, Arisa, Jungle, uh, Momo, like all these characters, all these like big personalities, and like Konami's just not that. No, I get that. And I think something like this, and also in the tag team with Jungle, I think that's perfect. Oh, Jungle for her. really helps because those two are basically a couple. Of... I was about to say weird, but is it weird? It's no. not weird, but also like <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> what are you trying to say here, Chris? I don't know, but like, I don't know. They seem like one of those couples that like would collect something really weird and really obscure. <laughs> oh, so it's not the fact they're a, they're a couple that's weird. No, it's like, the but... type of couple they'd be that's weird. Yeah, no, exactly. Do you ever look at two people and think you're probably really weird <laughs> when you're like alone together? And like that's what I think when I see Konami and <laughs> Konami and Jungle. You've got test tubes of hair in your closet, haven't you? Um... I mean, not that weird. <laughs> Overall, I mean, I I enjoyed Konami in this tournament. She wasn't in for long. Um, obviously, sub sub five minutes in both matches, I think. But um, even so. Really good here. Nothing nothing to complain about. 
What I did complain about um, is <laughs> the next match um, between, well, with Siori defeating Jamie Hayter in 4 minutes and 43 seconds. Okay, Chris, so very much telling a story here of Jamie's power versus Siori's uh, speed and technical ability. Um, basically, Siori attempting to lock Jamie Hayter in the armbar, which is absolutely fine. But in a four-minute match, how did it look like, A, both people were absolutely fucking exhausted halfway through, and secondly, why did, A, Siori whiff about four of her moves, and why does she not shut the fuck up? I'm not being funny. She makes it through. Spoiler again, but if you're listening to this, you probably know the brackets anyway. She makes it through to the semi-finals, and honestly, it got to the semi-final, and I had to mute it because every time she's in a move, she's doing a move, she's running, she's standing still, she's making this horrible, grating noise, and it got to a point where I was just like, oh, my God, shut the fuck up. You're a decent wrestler. Just shut up. Please. I mean, I thought Robbie Eagles was bad, but fuck <laughs> me. Jesus Christ. You know what? I didn't notice Robbie, how bad Robbie Eagles was until you pointed it out. You're welcome. And then I, 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 I had noticed that was Siri. Honestly, and how did you not notice it was Siri? I, I, did, I just didn't notice it. How? Like I was too busy listening to the commentary. I didn't understand it, but I'm trying to figure out in my head which one's Liger. What noise is it that's destroying my speakers? Oh, it must be Siori's voice. It's so loud. It's so loud. It's so great. And it's at such a register that I swear dogs on my street okay. were turning around. Anyway. Um, moving, moving away from Rob's hatred of Siori's voice. Um, first of all, how uncomfortable must Jamie Hater's singlet be? It, there's a couple of singlets that I imagine are quite uncomfortable. Her and Hannah. Like, everyone else looks like... Yeah, well, also Nazi, but it sort of fits into her character. Yeah. I mean, they're used to it, I imagine, but it, it does look incredibly uncomfortable. It doesn't take away from the fact that this was the worst match of the night thus far. If, oh, thus far, yeah. I was about to say, really? But no, thus far, yeah. Um... First of all, like, I don't... This match was definitely very sloppy. Like, I, this match strikes me as one that where's everything hit, it would have been really good. But nothing really hit. Like, even Jamie's, like, lariats didn't hit too hard. No, and I know that you've spoken to me about how Jamie in a singles match is completely different to Jamie as part of a team because she's almost got two completely different characters. She's a bruiser in the singles matches and she's this huge personality in the tag matches because she bounces off Session Moth and um, and B. Um, and B. Yeah, but that's the thing. She, given the right people, she can be both. Like, remember the jungle... Um... Konami versus B and Momo match from not my B and um, Utami match from what was it? Oh, shit, what one was it? It was one of the Korok and Joes we've done. And like Jamie was just spent the whole match beating the shit out of Jungle. <laughs> and that I feel would be great, but every time I've personally seen her in singles action, um, I've just I've not I've not been invested. You know she is quite young, so I mean I imagine she's got time on her side. Um, she is 24. Yeah, she's got, she's got loads of time. She's got loads of time. I'm just... I wasn't a fan of the match, um, and it was one of the weaker matches on the card. Not a really... Not a lot to say. Not a lot else to say, really. Um, we move on, then, to um, 
the match between Tam Nakano and Saki Kashima, with Tam Nakano defeating Saki in 5 minutes and 20 seconds. There was a point in this match where I think that Tam had literally and actually had enough of Saki because she actually need her full in the fucking face to set up the Tiger Suplex for the win. But that knee to her face, that could have been the finish. Oh my God, it echoed around the arena. It was horrible. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I need to send you a screenshot of these no- other notes I took for the Tam Saki match. Because <laughs> the Tam notes are just, I love Tam's kicks. I love Tam's Matrix shit. I love Tam selling. Well, Saki's in control now. I'm bored. <laughs> I mean, I know that, you know, turning Saki heel and sort of tagging her onto Oedetai is a way of trying to make her more interesting, but... Nope. Yeah. This match was brilliant when Tam was in control, and Tam is fucking great. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, she still whiffed the top rope, uh, top rope move, and she, one of her matches later on is fucking dreadful. Um, but this was, this was as solid as it was going to be, you know, five minutes to 20 seconds, carrying Saki... Um, I gave it a six. I gave it a six too. Um, like, and that's all just because Tam's normal shit is so good. Yeah, um, I love the moment where you know you said her Matrix shit. She then Bray Wyatt walked through Sacky's legs and attempted <laughs> to pin her. Roll up. It was, it was brilliant. Like, why doesn't Bray Wyatt ever do that? Well, that's because, <laughs> it's not because he's in three-minute matches with Goldberg. But <laughs> and no, no offense to Bray whatsoever, but Tam is not an enormous six-foot-whatever bloke, you know, with yeah. shoulders like a brick it's, shit house. Can you imagine him not, trying to fit through Cena's legs? There's not many people's legs he can go through, like maybe Keith Lee. <laughs> can you imagine Cena trying to get his legs that wide so well, Bray we never, can spider-walk through it? We don't know what's coming because Cena would shout it so loud. <laughs> He'd just be like, grab walk! Oh, oh! This match—that was another note. I've just—I've just reread my notes. This was another note. It's the first time when I've. Um, there's a couple of ref instances where I'm like, "What the fuck?" This was the first one because there's a moment where clearly I think it's Saki is supposed to kick out and she hasn't quite kicked out in time. So the ref goes one, two, and then goes down for it, and Saki kicks out. And I was like, "That was so blatantly obvious." It was it was so obvious the pulling of the hand and it really annoyed me. But I think that's why WWE doesn't tell refs results, but then finds them when the wrong person wins. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, we then move on to another match, first round. Natsuka, I mean Natsukatora, who apparently is the leader of Uidatai, um, defeating Sayakamitani in six minutes and three seconds. Nothing special this match, but I actually liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I yes. enjoyed Tora being, you know, this basically this evil bitch who was just toying with Kamatani. There was a moment where Kamatani's in the camel clutch and Tora is stroking the top of Kamatani's head while she's in this move, and I was just, oh, it's sadistic, I love it. Um, but literally, apart from the enormous frog splash to win it, oh my God, that landing sounded so hard. It was ridiculous. Apart from that, there was literally nothing to say about this match. Yeah, well, you have to remember about um, Tall Sire, which she's unofficially known as because <laughs> cla- the class. Sire of- you were on about. 
Yeah, no, because there's two sides, and one of them's very short, and one of them's very tough. <laughs> so Natsukatora defeated Tall Sire Tall in Sire. six minutes and three seconds. Um, it's, otherwise, I just get my sires mixed up. <laughs> but like, we have to remember she only debuted in August. Yeah. Did Sire? Yeah, I mean, again. I'm not saying this is a bad match. It's it's certainly not a bad match. And in the grand scheme of things, it's actually a middle-of-the-road match. To be fair, I was actually quite surprised. Because normally, like, Saya acts like, like 2007 Jack Evans, where she's just doing, like, shooting stars and shit. Yeah. And I, I did appreciate that she couldn't do that because Tora, as soon as Kamatani, you know, sort of got a little bit away from her, Tora sort of dragged her back in. And then, you know, she was never out of control of this match. And I thought it was a nice story to tell with Tora. Yeah, especially since she's been set up, spoilers, as the heel of the tournament, which would make sense against anyone but Julia. But, um... Well, we'll get into that in a minute, because from here... Two jaws, yeah. Yeah, from here, can we just appreciate... So, it's match seven. Um, I gave this a five. Um, I gave it a five as well. Yeah, brilliant. I'll tell you what, Chris, we are on... We're on the same page oh, here, so... buddy. This never happens. What's so going far... on? I was talking about this with Garth a couple of weeks ago before the virus, right? And Do you before remember he that almost time? died. <laughs> oh Christ, it was so good. Um, and actually, no. Back then, it was more like, oh, it will never, we'll be fine. This will be over." And nope. <laughs> um, so, and he, he was, and I was like, "I, I love the two dynamics, like because there's various times where like I'm hosting with you two. It's like with me and Garth, we could not have two more different wrestling opinions." <laughs> No, you are very much Jim Carnett and Excalibur. Yeah, and um, <laughs> yeah, so and I was like, but you respect my opinion, so it's like cool to talk in that way. Whereas me and you are like, we normally like our mat- the only match ratings we've been like really apart on so far this year was um, Arisa versus um, Utami. Um, which apparently I'm not alone in that. Um, a lot of Stardom people think that's match of the year. I don't agree with that, but still. Well, there you go. That's what differences. Of opinions um, but, are for though, but like, but like, um, that's the only one we've been apart on. So like, with me and you, we're more sort of like, oh, so we'd more like point out shit the other one didn't notice. Yeah, exactly. Like for example, did you know that um, Natsu Kutora is the leader of Oedetai? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Did you know that um, Saya Kamatani is slightly taller than the other Saya in Stardom? Chris? She's not slightly taller. <laughs> She's so much taller. <laughs> And to be fair, it's super weird. Like you know how I was just saying how Tall Sire turns into um, turns into Jack Evans sometimes. Small Sire turns into fucking Walter sometimes. It's weird. <laughs> um, I just wanted to make a note of this match because after this match, the entire tournament goes fucking loon, just absolute <laughs> lunacy. It just starts. It's ridiculous. Dogs and cats living together, pure anarchy. Just apparently all rules and all booking went out of the window at this point. And the the start of this uh, was the sort of semi-main, if you will, of the first round. Um, with Micah versus Utami Hayashishita going to a time limit draw, um, which was 10 minutes. Um, really good match, actually. A really strong hard-hitting match. Um, obviously, there's a little bit of history between Utami and Micah, with Micah going for Utami's future of stardom championship in January, so there's a little bit of history there, and basically the two have very, very good chemistry. Um, what the fuck happened at the end? Because 
they were both on the apron. Utami got back in the ring. And then it looked like Micah had been disqualified for springboarding back into the ring. And at no point was it made clear that it was a time limit draw because then they just carried on fighting and people from both sides, so Donna Don Mondo and from um, Queen's Quest, just started piling into the ring. So I was like, has someone been disqualified? No, uh, okay, we're not going to clarify that. Okay, cool, no, that's fine. And then, spoiler alert, because it went to a time limit draw, both of them got eliminated from the tournament. Yeah, that's what the time limit's there for, man. What the fuck? No, that's not what the tournament is for. No. no. Time limit, the tournament. I'm sorry, a time limit draw. If you cannot find a winner, you put them both through. You don't eliminate them. What the fuck? Fun fact, we did that once in um in um Progress. We did that last year with the Super Strong Style 16 tournament where um, they would start and Travis Banks um, wouldn't stop fighting for a referee discretion so Jim Smallman was like right if you two stop fighting you can both go through now fuck off I just I hated that I hated the end to it and it got rid of one of the more accomplished wrestlers still in the tournament in Utami so that really wound me up Chris very quickly before I carry on my rant have you got any notes on this match and what did you give it um this match was fun um this match was really basic for the most part, like basic mat work, but like both women are rookies, I believe, um, relative rookies, so that makes sense. I think Mike, because just tap out of where Mike is from, I'm pretty sure is a rookie promotion. Um, yeah, she, um, Mike has less than one year experience, so I mean, this was she, they are both very heavily judo influenced, you could tell from this match, yeah, and like a lot of throws, um. Which I'm fine with. Like, honestly, if that's the style they're going for, like, I'm fine watching that style. Um, like, there was no real bombs in this tournament. Like, I think that was the biggest issue here was they weren't pacing themselves like, oh, I need to win this fast. They were just sort of having a normal match and then the time limit happened. Yeah. Just, yeah. Anyway, I, I gave it a six because the ending really got to me. I gave it a seven because, like, I immediately... I'm not to say, like, I'm smarter than you, but, like, I immediately cocked that it was a draw. Because they, they started playing the music that they play when with a draw. Well, I'm going to quickly go into that in a minute because in the next match, that really wound me up as well. <laughs> Fair enough, <laughs> you're going to have a time limit draw. Don't have 16 people in it if you're going to just randomly, completely get rid of two matches, which is what they did here. Because what followed was the main event of round one and supposedly the marquee match of this round uh, with Hanakamura and Mayu Iwatani going to another fucking draw. Now, before I get into a real Hopefully rant... this draw was more compelling. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say, before I get into a rant about the finish, um, the match itself was really, really good. This is the best... Aside from the brawl with Julia, because it's a completely different style of match, this is the best I've seen, Hannah. I thought they had really, really good chemistry. I thought Mayu made her look brilliant. I thought Hannah's use of submissions and trying to work the neck of Mayu was far better than it usually has been. Um, a really strong shotgun dropkick from Hannah, I thought, had knocked oh, Mayu's that, teeth that out. Was, that was great. Like, shotgun dropkicks when done properly are the best kind of dropkicks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like this, they both played a really, really dangerous game in this match. Go on, explain. Well, they were on the apron for half of it. <laughs> well, that's true. That's 
like which was like you have to remember no one had done that yet like but in the second round that story got really played out but like here i was just gonna say that i was just gonna say that well like here it's the first time it happened all night so like i was fine and like i was really like the type of fact i knew oh i didn't know i'd go to a draw i knew who won the tournament but i didn't know i went to a draw so i was watching this i was like oh i still don't know who won this oh christ i'm actually really invested um and yeah it's just great like mayo almost kills hannah several times hannah almost kills mayo several times um there was a great um drop kick that made it look like hannah was going to fall off but then she just fell through the ropes it was great that was on the inside yeah she fell back yeah, through like, the ropes into the ring so, didn't she it's so hard to make what kind of cell look natural and they did they did so then the ending happened chris <laughs> now have yet the ending was super cool but problem is the draws yeah well it's not even that the whole thing is so basically to paint you a picture mayu is on the top rope hannah goes up and attempts to lock in an octopus stretch on the top rope which was a really cool visual now what happened next was what i like to call the pete dunn joe coffee spot where (laughs) 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 where that was so unneeded. That was su- <laughs> such an unneeded dig at Joe Coffey. Mate, it happened twice. It happened twice, the same spot. Um, <laughs> to be fair, there were both times it was an accident. I'm pretty sure it was planned here. Yeah, at least this was planned. So basically, as Hannah is locking in uh, the octopus stretch, um, they both fall from the top rope onto the floor. Um, basically, they're trying to recreate the Royal Rumble... Uh, is it 94? No, 93. Royal Rumble 93. Um, With um, Lex and um, Brett. Brett. And also Cena Batista, if I was an accident. Yes, um, absolutely. That wasn't, but- that wasn't, and that wasn't uh, finished by crowd vote, though, which demoralizingly <laughs> for Lex Luger this one was. Um, uh, but yeah, first of all, the continuation of, May- of Mayo just not caring about her future. It looked like such a nasty pump. Like I, we couldn't because it was um, single cam. The like edited version isn't up on World yet. Um, we you seriously could not tell who won. Yeah, you can. Hannah can quite clearly lands first, and I'm not saying that because May is my favourite. But <laughs> even if it's not Hannah, to me it looked like Hannah ended up falling first, and May landed on top of it. Even if it was the other way round, there's no way that they have both landed at the same time on the floor. And in that case, there must be a winner. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm I'm sorry, but you can't just have a draw because both of them fell out. Someone (laughs) hit the ground first. Whether that be Hannah or Mayo, don't forget, I was the person who said, yeah, Hannah will win this match because it will set up a match with Mayo later on down the line. But no... Like, I, I wasn't high on that. I've seen this, I'm quite high on that. But then, no, we just, we go, no one's going through, and we're going to cut to, well, that was the point where the YouTube feed cut out and you had to go to Stardom World to watch the uh, second round and semi. Um, but at this point, I was like, oh, so they must be doing maybe a, a four-way then between Micah, Yutami, Hannah, and Mayu. Um, I'd sort of twigged at this point that Micah and Utami had gone to a time limit draw because I was like oh, about 10 minutes has gone. This one I was like I wonder what they're going to do then. They're just going to put them in a three way or something like that. But no, no they're just going to eliminate both of them. Why? <laughs> Why do that? Why do that with Utami, Hannah and Mayu? 
There was definitely a booking reason that didn't go well, but we will get into that. Fuck. It was it was such an upsetting ending to a match that I think everyone it was the match that everyone was looking forward to most. It was your main event of round one. To then have it end in such an unsatisfactory way. Are, are you telling me everyone wasn't looking forward to as much to um Sukutora versus Tall Sire as I was? <laughs> Tall Sire. <laughs> right. Can you that's just what people call her. That's what you call her. No one else calls her that. <laughs> Several people call her that. Anyway, um, I wanted to give it an eight, but then I went off on how angry I was. Not even that Mayu didn't win, because I didn't think <laughs> Mayu was going to win anyway. I thought, I just, I don't, I don't agree. If you're going to have them draw, go to a time limit draw. And I know that you can't have two time limit draws together, but space them out, okay? Do what you have to do. Don't have such a convoluted way of finishing a match because it's an it's an interesting idea, but the chances of you having two people that are going to fall at exactly the same time, it's just you're not going to be able to do it. And it ruined the match for me. It really did. It really wound me up. Um, so I gave it seven. I did. <laughs> I hated this match. Fuck it. Seven out of ten. Um... No, I, I I really enjoyed the ending. Um, I didn't think about it as logically as you did. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm a less logical person. <laughs> um, I think this is the second best match of the first round after the um, Slugfest, but, like, honestly, that's just because that's more what I enjoy. Um, I, I just, I really liked it. This is probably my second favorite match of the entire tournament, to be honest. Again, I enjoyed the match... It was the ending that ruined it. I enjoyed the ending. The ending, sort of, I really enjoyed that. I was like, ah, fuck, we died. Just wound me up. It wound me up. And what, basically, this match is the one I'm getting back to on Stardom World to see who landed first, because quite clearly someone landed first. So someone should have gone through, whether that is May or Hannah. Fuck's sake. <laughs> anyway. Well, I gave it an eight. So this setup then... Uh, going into the second round and semi-finals. We only had two quarterfinals because they fucked up the booking, um, which left us with uh, Momo Watanabe and Julia in one of the quarterfinals, and in the other quarterfinal, you had Konami and Sayori with Tam getting a bye, basically, and Natsukatoro getting a bye because, again, of the aforementioned bullshit. Um so our first quarterfinal match, uh, we had Julia defeating Momo Watanabe in 4 minutes and 37 seconds. This, even more than the jungle match, this for me went to show that Julia has two moves and that is it. She has, she aside from yeah, aside from her big boot and the occasional forearm strike, she has literally the glorious buster and the... Stealth Viper, that's it. And she just constantly tries to go to those two moves. She doesn't have... She doesn't seem to have transitional moves, which, fair enough, but it annoys me. Um, <laughs> it really does It really does annoy me. However, um, this match was good. I didn't hate this match. I thought Momo carried the match. I thought Julia did a part. Um, didn't agree with Julia kicking out of the B-Driver, but then I suppose... Momo did kick out that's, of... That's not a finisher, bro. No, I know. It's the peach... 
Peach Sunrise. Peach Sunrise, that's the one, not the Peach Driver. I knew it was the Peach something. Um, but then again, you know, Momo did kick out of um, something of Julia's. I can't quite remember. I forgot to note it down. Um, this, again, they both ended up on the apron. And as you mentioned before, Chris, this is where that trope sort of got very, very tired. Um, but well, then... it wasn't tired yet. This is only the second match that did it. Like, maybe they could have put this later on so it wouldn't be so close together. But yeah. then again, every fucking match did it. So... Every match, every single match that followed did this spot, with, I think, the exception of Siori and Konami. I can't remember it doing that one doing it. Um, but, yeah, we got um, Momo being hit with the glorious driver on the apron, which I thought was quite a cool finish, and then, obviously, she slumped to the floor, eliminated. I thought that was quite a cool finish, Chris. That was a cool finish, too. A really good match, because Momo was really good at um, avoiding Julia's offense. Like, I understand there's not much to, like... There's, there's not, uh, it's not exactly. It's, it's not an art to duck a big boot. You just go over like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm free. It's unlike for a fucking Ihara um, Mayu match where she was ducking fucking Power Ranger kicks, like. But, yeah, um, Julie is basically Kevin Nash. <laughs> she does. She does two moves, but I will again. The Stealth Viper looks amazing, and like you've said before, she's got a lot better. Uh, the transition into the glorious driver and the glorious buster a, a lot better into those transitions because when she tried to do it on Hannah in that match, it looked so sloppy. It looked really poor. It did. Um, again, this is probably like in my top five of the tournament, but that's mostly because Momo's so good. That's exactly what I've put in my notes. Momo really carried Julia. Um, which which it, is hard because Julia's quite big. She's very, no, she's grown. She's She's longer now. Longer. That's what I'm saying. Giving Tor Sire a run for her money. <laughs> um, I gave this seven. I thought it was a really good I, match. I also gave it seven. Um, the finish was really, really good and really elevated it. Like it's not like it elevated it from like a shit match from up, but yeah. What annoyed me about this match was like the writing was really, really on the wall at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think once you got into part two. It was very, very clear that it was going to be Julia winning. Spoilers. Um, because Spoilers. Of, of the people who were left in, Momo has literally just had a shot at this championship. She's not going to do it she again. Could go, she could try to get a Risa back. Um, and then probably the next big one is Tam Nakano, isn't it, really? Yeah, to be fair, a lot of people predicted Tam. Um, For two reasons. One, like I don't know where the fuck the source is on this. So like, don't quote me, but apparently in her contract, she's to get a title run. I wouldn't hate to see that. I wouldn't. Well, to be fair, like in terms of like a worker, she's probably top five. Like the only people I really enjoy more than her is Mayu, Arissa, and Jungle. So, when you say tower run, are we talking red belt or white belt? Just single. Well, they're pretty much um, the same level of um, prestige and stardom because um, so like the white belts had so many great runs in a row. Like I had Momo. Uh, there was like Eu to Momo to. Um, Arisa, whereas like the red belts have been dicked about with some, like if they want to push a um, outside talent, but probably put a red belt on it, which like it's weird because apparently I've never I've not seen much of it, but apparently pe- um, a lot of Stardom fans don't like Tony Storm's run with the red belt. I forgot Tony Storm had held the red belt. To be honest, to, to be fair, to, yeah. The only the only reason I know that is because someone brought up recently was like her run was so bad, but I was like, is it, was it though? Like it's Tony Storm. How bad can it be? <laughs> We move on then 
Uh, the second quarterfinal um, is the match between Shiri and Konami, with Shiri defeating Konami in 4 minutes and 35 seconds. I'd like to share with you the first note in all capitals of this match, which was, good God, shut the fuck up, Surrey. <laughs> um, the match, the match quality itself was fine. It's just I, it it got to a point where it really did begin to grate on me. And you know, once you've focused on something, you can't stop focusing on it. It was that for me. I couldn't stop hearing this horrible. No, it's like a Kira Tozawa, but on volume fifty. It was just awful. It was like shut up. Um, however, I did really enjoy. Um, the transitions in this match, Siori just constantly trying to hit or trying to lock in the armbar, Konami then trying to lock in her own version of it. There was one moment where Konami had Siori in the armbar and Siori attempted to roll out of it. So Konami rolled with her and locked her in a different variation of it. I thought that was really smooth, really seamless, really, really good variation of it. Um, but ultimately, Siori wins with the sit-down sharpshooter, yeah, which looked which bit- vicious. Which is a big thing, because Konami got to the finals of last year. Really? Yeah, um, it was her in the restroom in the finals. Can you imagine that was a good final match? It was. Um, Not a lot to say about this match. I did think um, it was weird that they put Surrey and Julia in the same semi-final match, but that's, you know, that's by the by. That's... I, only, I only have one note for this match. Which was? Um, hang on, I've lost it. Um, Jesus, fuck the kicks. Yes, I I couldn't have put that better myself. If you've got I've got a tagline for this match, it's Jesus fuck the kicks. Um, like there was a lot of them. There was there was a lot of them. In fairness, there was a lot of them in this tournament. There was so many strong kicks, so many stiff kicks. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> and Avisa wasn't even in it. I know. Um, I gave this. What did I give this? Look at my notes. I gave it six. I gave you um, a seven because of the kicks. <laughs> See, I don't think it was as good as the previous match, so that's why I went six. No, but like the previous match for me was like a mid seven, whereas this is more low seven. It's a seven minus. <laughs> yeah, like if we if we, if we do it as like a percentage, it's like this is around seventy one, seventy percent, whereas the other one was like seventy four, seventy five percent. Basically, you got a B minus and it's GCSEs, not a B. <laughs> I mean, we don't do minuses up here. We don't even do um, letters, we do numbers. We do one, two, three, four, five, six. Well, I know they do now. They didn't when I was at school, Chris, because I'm not a fetus. I'm not that young. Chris, you're like 12, max. I'm 23 years old. I can legally drink in my own home. (laughs) (laughs) Match 12, then. It was the first semi-final with the two people who got buys from the previous round, Natsukatora and Tam Wait, this match was only three minutes for... This felt so much longer. Exactly. Tora defeated Tam Nakano in 3.46. My first note is, what even is this match? I mean, Tam was absolutely all over the place. Now, the two of these, I did not anticipate Tam being the one to botch as much as she did. Um, yeah, there was one point that really got me where she, Tam was doing like going to do like her, um, basically a curb stomp kick as um, Tora was trying to get out of the ring. Yes. Yeah, ki- that missed a lot. It missed because she kicked the top rope. Like I, I am my, uh, I am currently closer to Rob than that foot was to <laughs> Tora's head. 
Yeah, she then slipped off the second rope, which obviously she can't help, but it just it looked really, really untidy. And then there was a bit where um, Tam is on the second rope again, and Saki just in plain sight of the referee. Saki Kashima is just full-on oh, strangling this is, Tam Nakano. This is one of my notes. Fuck off, Saki. <laughs> but, like, it's not even like she's been distra- the referee's been distracted by Tora. Saki is doing it whilst... Tora is in a hold by Tam. And the ref is just looking at it. He's like, do your fucking job. What's going on here? What is going on? I think he just doesn't see Saki because she's so irrelevant. Maybe. Maybe. Um, you were I a fan I of the finish, though, Saki. Chris. Yeah, because um, Tam had been thrown over the top, but Natsu, as we discussed earlier, went through the middle. And then Tam, German, um, Tora, Tora fell to the ground. The crowd thinks, oh, she's won, and then it clicks. Oh, she didn't go over the top rope. Tora goes back in, knocks her off. That's a pretty cool creative finish. It was a, if, yeah. if this was the first round, I'd think that was great. But this set up the fucking finals. It was a very, very, very A, anticlimactic, and B, sloppy semi-final. And when you've got a match that includes Tam Nakano, you don't anticipate that. I mean, Tora isn't a bad worker, you just you don't anticipate a match that ultimately was my worst of the tournament. Um, I find it hard to disagree. Maybe the hater match, but then again, as said, this felt like six, seven minutes in three. So. Yeah, exactly. This went just short of four minutes, three minutes, 46 minutes. Uh, for, uh, three minutes 46 seconds it felt like 46 minutes um, yeah it was just it was a really poor match I gave it four and I think that's been a little bit generous to be honest yeah I, I get a five for the ending I'm not giving it a five I refuse and the reason I'm not giving it a five is because the second semi-final was an all Donna Del Mondo affair with Julia defeating Surrey in 4 minutes and 6 seconds Um, this was a very very bland match and it's the first Julia match where she hasn't been paired with a really 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 good worker, no disrespect to Surrey, I'm sure she's great but at this point I'm not people what? People are really high in Surrey. She's worked in like TJPW and shit beforehand. She's really high. Re- <laughs> Continuing with theme, she's 8.15 on um, Cage Match with several years of experience. I mean, debuted in 2008. She looks like she's got. Trained by Tajiri. Really? Yeah. There you go. Um, I mean, she's good, but she's not capable of carrying Julie who you know Julia is not a bad worker please don't go away from this podcast assuming that I'm just slagging off Julia's work rate she's she's okay she's just so bland and I've got another note for the final um, afterwards about just how bland I find her how bland I find her offense much as Suri's voice winds the living shit up <laughs> at me at least she is emoting in some way it's the problem with Tammy used to have, but the difference is that Tammy's a rookie, and Julia has been going, one sec, I can get this number up for you, since, well, for two years, so about the same amount of time. Why is she being pushed so hard? It really is a Roman Reigns push Julia's getting, isn't it? 
I wish like I had an answer. Roman Roman Reigns Lex Luger, like the, I'll go into it in my rant, but it's like so obvious. But yeah, no, there's nothing to talk about in this match, like nothing. Uh, yeah, and the match was very nothing. There was one good thing that came out of this match. Um, in fact, I'll tell you the exact ending note that I'll, that I'll put in a minute. There was a wonderful visual of Shuri attempting to German suplex Julia off the apron. Uh, with Julia hanging on to the rope on the outside and Surrey bending backwards so her face was upside down towards the hard cam. I thought that was a really, really that, cool that visual. Cool visual. And actually, there's one thing I forgot where um, Julia just slapped the shit out of Surrey. Well, she does that to um, Tora in the final as well. And, you know, yeah. credit where credit's slap. due. They they were some good slaps. They were some good slaps. Um I describe this match as a cavalcade of meh. <laughs> which I put, I put, and I was quite, I was quite um, proud of this. Um, my feet stayed warm because no socks were being blown off. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that, that's that's the best way of describing it. Um, this was supposed to be a semi-final. At this point, by the way, just. A little spoiler to our fans out there. I didn't know that this was the semi-final. I thought this was still a quarter-final. Um, oh, I have I have the exact text from Rob, and he realised what's going to happen. One second. Open WhatsApp. Um, fuck's sake. <laughs> fuck's sake. Called it. Um. So anyway, I gave that a five, Chris. I also gave it a five. Nothing, nothing offensive. They didn't botch anything. It's just, it's That's nothing like even, that you can remember. Even like the meh matches here aren't long enough to actively annoy me. This, the next one on the other hand, the finals. Right. So, Chris, if I can, I'd like to read you the first couple of lines. So, the Cinderella Tournament 2020 final match was obviously Julia uh, defeating Natsukatora in 12 minutes and 41 seconds, by far the longest match of the tournament. And I wrote this. Match 14. The fuck? Is this the final? <laughs> so Mayu and Hannah is just not having a result. And neither is Micro Yutami. What's the actual fuck? I mean, fuck me. Even Julia's bumps are boring. Those were my notes. Um, okay. I mean, coupled with that, the fact that both people not only pushed the referee, but judo threw him across the ring. Um, we had a chain being used openly in front of the referee. Okay, I think in this case, is a case of Ben must be a, a decisive winner type thing. You know, sort of like... How, like, I think it's a bit unfair to talk about, like, oh, they're not the ref isn't DQing when you one of your favorite matches is um, Ishimori versus Takahashi, where they fight all over the fucking shop. Do they touch the referee? Yeah, several times. I mean, in this match, yes, not in. Yeah, in the yeah. in the Takahashi Ishimori match, do they touch the referee? Do they use weapons? Yes, you know they beat you know, the. I, I hate when you're right. Uh... I know. I mean, they were trying to institute some sort of heat in this match with, as you rightly proclaimed at the start of the tournament, with Tora being the de facto heel of the tournament and Julia somehow being the face, even though she has been portrayed as somewhat of a heel. I'm pretty sure that Donna Del Mondo are supposed to be sort of tweenery heel faction, but 
there we are. Um, it just it felt so messy. It felt so meandering. And this isn't just on Julia. This is on Tora as well. Um, it just it's it was so boring. It really was. And this was supposed to be a final. And I don't know whether it was because I was deflated because how long ago did I said to you that Julia was winning this tournament? As soon as the brackets were announced. Yeah, I said, there's no way Julia's not winning this. Julia has and to win I got, this. I got irrationally angry. You Speaking did. Of. Go on. Do your rant, my friend. <laughs> okay. So, I've been holding this in. I am very emotional right now. I'm not. I am, though, but I'm not. Um, so, like, this sort of booking can really, 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 really work. Right? Because when you think about it, Julie's the only person in the tournament who's had to wrestle a full tournament. Natsuku um, missed the match. And then, like, the other two matches went short. She was against a rookie and then cheated to beat Tam. Um, but... but she would have been a great in the finals but julia is a wasn't a face going into this tournament at least if she was she was a really bad face and b didn't become a baby face throughout this tournament because none of her matches were all that grueling like she never really showed any emotion like and i'm gonna sound like a fanboy you know he'd have been perfect in julia's exact position oh 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 pick me i know i know is it Go jungle? On. Yes, it is jungle. You know why? Because people love jungle, Rob. Jungle never really gets any opportunities. When she does, she comes up just short. She, a bit of a Sami Zayn thing going on. It had been. It would have worked. Per- tell me that wouldn't have worked perfectly. It wouldn't have worked perfectly. Okay, how? <laughs> I'm just doing it to wind you up now because I know how like, angry you are. Like, no, because kids think about it. TCS uh, um, feuding with Donna Del Mondo. So she beats two of her main rivals right now. And then she also beats Momo, who is one of the most devastating defeats she's ever fa- had. And then she beats Natsuku Tora from Awadatai, who keep almost killing Jungle. Because Kagetsu is a bit of a dick. It would have been great. Like, seriously, this is such, it's such a good story. And, like, for her role, Tora played that role to a T. Like, she was playing that spoiler to, like, this perfect babyface that everyone wanted to see win. You know who no one wanted to see win? Julia! You know what this is like, Rob? You remember at the end of the fucking um, Royal Rumble 2015 when Roman Reigns last eliminated Kane in the Big Show? And it was meant to be a case of, oh, well, you, you don't want Kane and Big Show to win, so cheer for... It's, this is almost what we were going for. Because, quite honestly, yes, Julia's a much better winner than Tora. But Tora played her role in the tournament better because I wanted her to lose. Yeah, can't argue with you, mate, to like, be perfectly um, honest. And, and like, it's, it's this sort of booking that made me hate WWE. Where it's like, oh, well, it's worse by comparison. But new to, this is, I was so hyped for this tournament going in. So many like potential amazing matches. And like, I don't mind Julia going far. Hell, I wouldn't even mind Julia winning if they'd have just done a normal tournament. But we didn't. We did Roman Reigns tournament to try and get sympathy on her and it didn't work like honestly if julia had won and like every other per- and like we hadn't had the bollocks in the first round and everything like that i wouldn't be so pissed off about this but she did and like it's so blatant like unbelievably 
blatant. Because Stardom want Julia to be a thing, mostly because she's probably very marketable. She is. She has a very unique look compared to the rest of Stardom. It's not a bad look, and by any means, but like it sort of goes back to the Roman Reigns thing. He, she's a subpar um, worker with awful mic skills because every every promo she cuts in front of a live crowd dies a death. And um, but like has a good look, so that's why they want to push it. That's literally what's happening in a, in a stable of three people where she's bleeding and dressing. Yeah, she is. Um, <laughs> just quickly, do you think they have booked certain areas of this tournament because they were unfortunately at a slight disadvantage stardom at the fact that they had to cancel a lot of shows that would have built to this, potentially building heat between Tora and Julia. If that was supposed to be their final, potentially, you know, they would have built a lot more heat. You would have felt a lot more sympathy for Julia if there had been a lot more exchanges on, you know, I don't want to say the road two shows, but the road two shows. You know, if Tora and, you know, the rest of Awida Tai are beating the living shit out of Julia for three weeks, you know, to then see Julia beat Tora in the final, it would develop a sense of, you know, of sympathy towards that babyface character and she right. would be a babyface heading in. They are at a slight disadvantage at the fact that they have gone from first of all the 8th of February to the 8th of March with no shows and don't forget the 8th of March with the exception of the title match had absolutely no storyline relevance whatsoever and then to go from the 8th of March to the 24th of March with no story again. You know, it's difficult to... And I do I do sympathise with Stardom for that. And I think for the vast majority of this tournament, they did a good job. But there was... The convoluted way they booked the two final matches of the first round, the Micah uh, and Utami match and the Hanakamura and Mayu match, that would have... That's... It ruined those matches for me. And I personally... If you want Julia to be the winner, perfect, okay? I think Julia is a perfect person to win this tournament. Maybe not a five-star yet, but this tournament is a good stepping stone, similar to the New Japan Cup being a perfect stepping stone for someone like Zack Sabre Jr. Um, But you don't do it by clearing a path for her. You do it by having her put in those hard yards. Have her beat Mayu. Have her beat Hannah again in another grueling match. Yes, you run the risk of her being booed against, you know, a more established person. But if she's put in a massive shift, a really, really good match against someone like that, like she was doing against Jungle and like she did against Me- um, against Momo, you keep that going and don't make it completely glaringly obvious that you're just clearing a path for her, then I think you'll get more of a crowd reaction. It's difficult as well with there only being 538 people in attendance because whereas there would have been more reaction from the crowd whether it, you know whether it was 1200 people or fi- I think we can safely assume it would have been 1500 and something for a tournament and it's stardom yeah. um there'd have been more of a reaction and potentially you know we would have had different things and playing off the audience and things like that it's difficult when you have got minimal people in attendance i still think it was the wrong way of doing things Right, if we, if we were going to have a story like this, it needs to be an actual baby face. Like, you'd need to shuffle it around so, like, someone like Tam or Mayu or um, Jungle or even Hannah. <laughs> go... 
Sorry. I'm just laughing at the fact that Jungle gets put into that conversation all the time. <laughs> jungle, Jungle, Jungle! Right, leave me alone. <laughs> um, but, like, honestly, you could have just had a normal tournament and been like, Julia and Tam in the finals would have been great. <laughs> if, like, I'd, Julia running isn't my my problem. It's the way they booked her to win. Because, like, she hasn't actually won a... Like, it doesn't feel like she's won, like, a tournament. It just feels like she was handed a dress, really. It, it like, felt a little bit rushed, didn't it? it? It definitely, like, serious. like, why, why not have Julia and Tam in the finals if, if you had to have, have, like, the exact same brackets? Or, like, there's such better finals you could have, a final match you could have had for Julia. Because, again, the... Uh, the first two matches she had were really like on the higher end for this tournament, and then it just fell down a clip. This was a really poorly booked tournament as a whole, and I I know it's not fully Julia's fault, but like to bring in your point of oh we could have built up more thing, they didn't interact at all on No People Gate. You could have had that happen. Like I'm, I'm not had, disagreeing with you. I understand one show's build isn't. I understand one shows builders into a lot but it's like but we built to the first round matches which is fine but like I doubt like if it didn't do it at all on No People Gate I don't trust them to have done anything in the three weeks leading up to it see the question that the question is if you want Julia to be the de facto babyface which you know I think everyone was assuming that she was as you know she's taking on Tora um <clears throat> The question is, is three weeks or however long enough to turn Julia babyface? Um, no. <laughs> I mean, with the right booking, I think so. I think, you know, if you put her against bruises and stat the odds against her and things like that, then you can turn a babyface, make it more appealing to the crowd. If you're going to have her as a tweener, then yeah, I think someone like Tam should have been in the final and have Julia beat Tam in the final. If you do that, though, you are running the risk of Julia not getting over with the crowd and being booed. We don't know. I mean... But, like, if she's a tweener, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, me and you don't know how Julia is being received in Japan. You know, yes, her promos aren't great when she closes shows. I mean, it, it, again, it was difficult with... They're not only they're not great, they're not, they're not well-received. Well, this is the thing. Like, Our... she's getting the taxi... You know when Taxi United got laughed out of the building at um, Sumoha, I think? That's what's happening every time Julia has to cut a promo in front of a live crowd. Well, that's the problem. We don't really know what was said at the end of the Cinderella tournament um, because it wasn't up with the English subtitles. Um, we know what the wish was, but no. apart from that, we don't know what else was said. Oh, I haven't seen what the wish was. What was the wish? Oh, I'm not telling you yet. Title shot. Um, oh. I don't know. It, it felt like a very, very rushed tournament. And completely, you know, with all the circumstances that are going around at the moment, I completely agree that, you know, there was little they could do towards, you know, storylines going into this tournament. Um, yeah, but you could have built something in the tournament and what we, like the story they tried to tell in the tournament didn't work. I can't be funny, like, for me, a good wrestling tournament should be able to work in isolation. You look at something like King of the Ring 93, where, like, Bret Hart managed to book a, a, a good story for himself on his path to um, winning. And even there, Bam Bam got a bye, so it can, so that sort of thing can work. You look at something like any super strong style 16, they always work well. Um, 
even like earlier this month with WXW 16 Carat, there was um, there was a self-contained story within this because it's like st- a, one tournament is a lot of wrestling, so like you should be able to have it be self-contained. Like people should be able to like drop in and go, okay, what's this promotion about? And like they did it, they did a fine job of it last year. Like I, honestly, like I understand building prolonged storylines has definitely been affected, but like for building stories within a tournament, I don't think that's a fault at all. Because again, the winner isn't the issue, it's how they booked the win it's how they booked it to win. Yeah. It like for it exa- did seem like you'd got people backstage going, right, we're at point A, there's point B, what's the quickest way we can get there? Yeah. And like I don't know like but there's no point in cutting the two matches. Like again, again, if we we're going to tell this team um, the story of Julie winning, Tora is the wrong person to do it against. If we wanted to tell the story of like Tora being vanquished, Julie is the wrong person to do it. Like, just it's a perfect mix of the wrong people in the wrong places. Yeah, it's like a baby in the middle of a fucking freeway. Yeah, there you go. Um, anyway. Obviously, post-match then, Julia was presented with the dress. She went backstage, got changed, came back, accompanied by the rest of the members of Donna Del Mundo. Fluffed getting into the ring, but I'm not going to hold that against her because, to be fair... <laughs> Have you seen that dress? I was just going to say, looking at that dress, I think I'd sort of walking in it, never mind getting into a wrestling ring. Um, she then cut a promo um, with the live crowd. Again, not English subtitled, which was slightly irritating. A quick Google search, though has basically said that she wants to have a match with Arissa. She's going to beat Arissa, isn't she? Yes. I mean, at the moment, Arissa is on a massive, massive unbeaten streak, um, a massive run with the white belt. You've got Julia, who hasn't been pinned or submitted. Because of the um, Cinderella last year, actually. Symmetry. Um so you can play off that sort of storyline, I think, you know, of all the people to take the belt off Arissa, because at the moment there are very few people left to take the belt off Arissa. Um I Yeah, think like that... she's she's beaten time, she's beaten jungle. She hasn't done Hannah yet, but like I'm not sure how well Hannah would fit into a the white belt. Because like the white belt's very much like the work rate belt at this point. I say that Mayu's done a great job of like Helping after Bees Rain. I say that Bees Rain wasn't bad. I, I'm going on a ramble. My point is, I'm not happy about this. Well, it looks like that is what's going to happen. And yeah, curtains close. So we get it just because it would annoy Rob. <laughs> Curtain close on the Cinderella Tournament 2020. Chris, if you had to give this a letter grade A to D, you can have your pluses and minuses. Um, what would you give this tournament as a whole, taking the entire thing? into consideration C C minus I don't think I'm as down on it as you I know that you have very very specific points that you are down on I, I completely understand your points the, no the match quality of this of this tournament is really good but like the base like the booking which it's just got up there's nothing good about the booking of this tournament I could not agree with you more I think the match quality overall with the exception of what two matches um, was was fine, you know, and in most of the cases was great. Um, I do agree that there was some booking decisions that made absolutely no fucking sense whatsoever, and I think it led to an anticlimactic final, which we still haven't rated, by the way. I gave it six. 
Yes. I I don't I'm gonna st- I'm gonna just let you rate it because I'm just angry about the I'm too so angry about the booking I'd probably give it a two. Despite <laughs> the fact it's definitely not a two. It is absolutely not a two. So, ladies it's and gentlemen, the best match, I'd say. yeah, is uh, it? actually no. I, I think this the Hazuki one might be a bit better. For me, her retirement match. Yeah, most, but like I mostly just remember that because for some reason Jungle decided to shoot on her. <laughs> yeah, one of the best unanswered questions in Stardom Cast history: Why is did this, Jungle slap her? This is a great unanswered wrestling question. Uh, ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening um, we've waited for so long for Stardom to come back and now it's finally back unfortunately we've had no confirmation of any future cards or where they're going after this it sounds, it sounds like we're discussing lockdown in Japan so. well fingers crossed that doesn't happen for many many we've other started caring, we've started caring about human lives now that the Olympics has been put back well fingers crossed that you know the, the lockdown doesn't happen for many other non-wrestling related reasons um, <laughs> totally not because I'm really excited for the Champions Carnival <laughs> <laughs> well yeah there is that I suppose um, thank you so much for listening ladies and gentlemen you can of course talk to us on Twitter at, at the Stardom Cast uh, don't forget to check out the website www.podmania.co.uk where of course you can go back check out all the podcast archives of all the podcasts that are under the umbrella of Podmania Podcasting Network uh, also includes lots of our features columns and articles which we are revamping and bringing out again uh, you can also check out our match ratings archive um, going across all promotions um, check out what we think of those including the Cinderella well, tournament ratings well, from not, today not all we should say your local fed is definitely not in there yes Discovery Wrestling is not on there Chris I'm so sorry <laughs> to be fair like one of the best wrestling trilogies I've ever seen was the Mundertaker versus Sugar Duncanton <laughs> um don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. You can find us in all the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, Podbean, all the usual places. We are there. Um, Chris, where can they find you on Twitter? And Bushy. <laughs> you can also find me at, at RealRobGoodwin. We shall be back when Stardom next go to Corrigan Hall. Unfortunately, we don't have... A time frame for that but as soon as we do we'll make an announcement on twitter and we shall be back thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you guys again soon now you're going to die